Welcome to the 11th episode of On the Horizon, Navigating the European and African Theaters. In this episode, we will discuss Exercise Seabreeze, Admiral Fogo's trip to Ghana, and the USNS Carson City's deployment to the Gulf of Guinea. Admiral, it is good to be back from Ukraine and here with you for our 11th episode. Hey, good to have you back, Lieutenant Dixon, and uh, well done up there in the Ukraine. I look forward to discussing your trip to the Black Sea and my trip to the Gulf of Guinea in West Africa. I've got a surprise today for you and our listeners. I've invited uh, two guests to join us today. Uh, my new fleet master chief, uh, Derek Wally Walters, a SEAL. He traveled to Ghana with me, and uh, we've got a lot to share together uh, on the show today on that trip. And also, logistics specialist first class Ahmed Tabsoba is our second guest. He was born in Kumasi, Ghana, and uh, is now a member of the United States Navy and an American citizen. He traveled to his homeland of Ghana and uh, I think the listeners will look forward to hearing his thoughts about returning to his home country as a very successful U.S. Navy sailor. Well, sir, I can't wait to hear about the trip to Ghana and uh, from their perspective. But, sir, before we get to them, I'd like to start off our podcast talking about Exercise Seabreeze 2019, which has been conducted in the Black Sea since 1997. As you know, this is an important exercise in a part of Europe where tensions are high. And, sir, so what, what can you tell us about this exercise and why is it so important? Yeah, Lieutenant uh, Dixon, great question, because uh, it's not just the exercise, but the Black Sea uh, writ large is a very important body of water to us. And uh, I remain concerned about Ukrainian and uh, Russian interactions in the Black Sea. So we continue to patrol there, we continue to have a presence there, and we continue to try to maintain deterrence uh, in the Black Sea for stability and security. To get back to your question about Seabreeze, I think the exercise, like many others that we do up there, shows the value of working with our NATO allies and uh, Black Sea partners who are NATO aspirants. It's important to note that this is not the first time Ukraine and the United States Navy has hosted this exercise. In fact, this was the 19th iteration in which uh, nations from the Black Sea and Europe participated in Seabreeze. More than 3,000 sailors and Marines from 19 different nations executed real-world training opportunities and mission sets to hone the skills of our respective military forces in the literal domain of the Black Sea. And during the planning phase, exercise planners worked on a motto that would be easy to remember and best represent the Black Sea and exercise sea breeze. And it was simple, friendship. Friendship's an incredibly appropriate motto because it conveys what took place in 2019 as well as what's been happening since 1997. Along with friendship goes engagement. So I asked Vice Admiral Lisa Franchetti to represent us up there for Naval Forces Europe, and she went in her Sixth Fleet hat and actually met the new president of Ukraine, President Zelensky. And also importantly, Admiral Franchetti met family members of the Ukrainian sailors who are being detained uh, by the Russians after the Sea of Azov incident, and she heard their stories and concerns. And Admiral, uh, if I may, as you know, NATO had a huge role in Seabreeze 2019, as this was the first time that a standing NATO maritime group took part in the exercise. What is the importance of having NATO a part of this exercise? So like I've said before, what makes uh, NATO unique is that we don't seek to take sovereign territory in any kind of offensive operations. We don't impede the free flow of shipping in international waters. We defend the sovereign territory of our alliance members, and we protect 
a sea lines of communication and freedom of navigation and freedom of the seas. So our presence there is to deter any aggressors that seek to take land or disrupt maritime traffic in international waters. And that's what uh, Sea Breeze and other exercises like it are all about. So as an example, if somebody were to look around during the uh, planning meetings in Kiev, the Maritime Operations Center in Odessa and out in the operating areas in the Black Sea, they'd see service members from the Ukraine, Georgia, Turkey, Moldova, Romania, and Bulgaria, which are all Black Sea regional nations, along with NATO partners and allies. A lot of friends in one place, especially in the Black Sea, which uh, you know is a self-contained body of water that uh, communicates with the Mediterranean through the Bosphorus. And Admiral, out of curiosity, what did you think of this year's exercise compared to previous years? Well, Lieutenant Dixon, I've been stationed in Europe several times uh, during the course of my career, and stability and security in the Black Sea has never been more important over the last two decades than uh, today. There is tension in the region, and in this area of great power competition, our naval forces, along with allies and partners, are committed to the principle of freedom of navigation for all countries, which provides uh, the necessary conditions for global maritime trade to flow freely and benefit uh, all the nations of the Black Sea, and likewise the Mediterranean. So we provide a credible deterrence that guarantees security and stability. I've seen the exercise grow in terms of size and capacity, and that's like every one of our exercises. And we haven't grown as much as a staff, but we have taken on a lot of additional responsibility. This year, 19 nations sent 32 ships, 24 aircraft, and 3,000 sailors and Marines to exercise Sea Breeze. I think that's a record, showing the regional dedication of uh, not just the Black Sea nations, but our NATO partners and allies. So overall, I think this exercise was a huge success in 2019. Thank you, sir, and a lot of great stuff happening in the Black Sea and uh, Exercise Sea Breeze. Shifting gears to our US, to your U.S. Naval Forces Africa hat, what can you tell us about your recent trip to Ghana and what the U.S. Navy's been doing um, in and around the Gulf of Guinea? Well, Lieutenant Dixon, thank you. And I had a great visit to Ghana last week. I went to uh, the capital of Accra, Ghana, and uh, to the port facility of Secundi, Ghana, to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the Ghana Navy with our Gulf of Guinea, African, and European partners. I spent time down in Secundi in the port, and I had an opportunity to visit uh, Nigerian ships, uh, Ghanaian patrol craft, uh, see their uh, shipbuilding and repair facilities, their dry dock, and also go on board the uh, USNS Carson City, one of our expeditionary patrol frigates that we sent on deployment this summer to five different West African ports in order to conduct Africa Partnership Station missions along with Italian, Spanish, and Portuguese counterparts and members of the United States Coast Guard uh, who were on board the ship for these uh, visits to conduct a comparison of best practices, training, and maintenance. So uh, it was an awesome experience. I received uh, one of the most humbling compliments at the International Maritime Defense Exhibition and Conference, uh, which was held on day two of my visit. Rear Admiral uh, Seth Amuama, who's a great friend and a wonderful leader in the region, announced to the crowd, well, Fogo has been doing this for about 10 years, so that makes him one of us. I took that as a great compliment because I have been involved in the Africa Partnership Station since 2010 when I was a one-star in the operations officer here. It's gotten progressively better 
and more sophisticated. And I really enjoyed my time as Sixth Fleet Commander and participating in all the uh, Express Series exercises in the East Coast and the Maghreb and the West Coast of Africa. And so uh, that compliment went right to the heart. So when I sat down at the table with Admiral Amuama and uh, the Ghanaian Chief of the Defense Staff, they both looked at me and said, well, if you are one of us, Fogo, then you must have an African name. And I said, okay. They said, what day were you born on? And I uh, had to look it up on Google. September 2nd, 1959 happens to be a Wednesday. And oh, by the way, I celebrate my, uh, my own 60th birthday on the 60th anniversary of the Ghanaian Navy. So there was uh, some commonality there. And they said, okay, if you're born on a Wednesday, then uh, we rebaptize you Kwaku. And I said, well, what does that mean? They said, it's a man who was born on a Wednesday. And uh, really was touched by that. Uh, because it is all about friendship and relationships, and I think we've established that down there. And Admiral, on that note, what do the people in the Gulf of Guinea think about us? Well, Lieutenant Dixon, uh, the African nations really want the United States to be engaged on the continent and in its waterways. And I think our uh, ability to connect through the presence of USNS Carson City and the uh, Coast Guard Carthetis earlier this summer really speaks to the power of relationships and the power of U.S naval and Coast Guard presence in the Gulf of Guinea. So Ghana's an important partner for the United States. They're very pro-American down there, and they're very capable, and they do a great job in their Navy. And they have seamless integration between the land and the sea and the air. The Chief of Defense, General Akwa, I mentioned him. He's an Army guy, but he's fully supportive of the Navy and the Air Force, and they truly do have a joint force. And for me, that was terrific to see because that's very, very important. It's got to be an integrated fight in the maritime domain, the land domain, and in the air in order to secure all of these borders uh, so that there can be stability, security, and economic prosperity. And Admiral, as we've talked about in the past, what would you say is the why of this whole discussion? Why should the U.S. Navy continue to invest time, money, and resources in Africa? To understand the importance of why we do what we do down there, you kind of have to look at uh, some statistics in Africa. There's 54 countries on the continent, but 38 of them are coastal nations. So we've got to ensure that, that we bring stability and security so that there can be economic prosperity so that those young people can find a job, get educated and find a job, and uh, use their education in a very productive way to stimulate uh, the well-being and the greater good of all of Africa. And uh, for the future to be positive, we're working with African countries, not just in the Gulf of Guinea, but in the north and in the east as well, to provide uh, best practices on good governance and rule of law at sea. So I would say that the maritime countries of the region have strong and professional navies and coast guards and law enforcement institutions. They can help one another and we can help them provide for security so that maritime trade can flourish. One of the things that I asked the Ghanaians and the Nigerians to help me with was to bring South Africa into the fold as well. So we have reached out many times to the South Africans who have a very capable and a very powerful and a very well-resourced navy to ask for their participation in the future of Obengami Express. And I'm delighted to tell you that at the 60th anniversary of the Ghanaian Navy, Admiral Amoama announced that uh, Ghana would be the lead nation for Obengami Express in 2020. And I look forward to going down there and celebrating that with him again. 
And Admiral, bringing it back to the Carson City, which you talked about earlier, what can you tell us about what they've been doing uh, for Africa Partnership Station? And so what are some of the highlights that you can share with us? If you look at some highlights from the deployment of the Spearhead Class Expeditionary Fast Transport Ship, Carson City, it arrived in uh, Secundi, Ghana on the 21st of July. So it's been participating in the Africa Partnership Station, which has been going on for a decade now. So if I gave you some statistics on the success of the port visits during the Gulf of Guinea deployment uh, with the USNS Carson City, I would tell you that while we were in Senegal, we actually uh, repaired one patrol craft so we could get it back out to sea, four in Cote d'Ivoire, one patrol craft, metal hull, and three rigid hull inflatable boats. And while in Secundi, I saw our engineman and our CBs uh, fixing one of our old Defender boats that we had sold them a while back that had some freshwater cooling problems. So not only did we uh, share best practices, but we found root causes to problems and then we helped the Ghanaians actually work through it uh, so they could get that, that craft back to sea. We had uh, a legal detachment on board the Carson City, uh, some Coast Guard personnel, four uh, U.S. Coast Guard Academy cadets. This is what gonna, they're going to do when they get to graduation and out in the fleet as ensigns. So we trained uh, our African partners on uh, boarding teams. Uh, we had a Portuguese specialist on vertical boarding search and seizure, how you come down on a ship and uh, you can either go up a, up a ladder or come off a helicopter onto a ship that may be a compliant or non-compliant boarding and then determine whether or not there's any illegal activity going on. We were joined by an Italian naval officer to assist us uh, in training and uh, we had boarding team members from the African nations uh, listening and learning and then practicing uh, their procedures uh, in port and at sea. Additionally, we had medical personnel embarked on the uh, uh, Carson City. I call it a dock in a box, but it wasn't actually uh, practicing medicine. It was our people with skill sets who were sharing best practices with those African nations who had small hospitals or clinics throughout the five port visits. So they did several engagements on women's health, family medicine, and emergency medicine. We did community relations. We have uh, several members of our chaplain corps and guest chaplains that were on board. And uh, in each of the stops, they looked for an opportunity to go to a school or an orphanage, uh, spend some time and some fellowship, uh, take the band typically with them and uh, enjoy time uh, with the children and then give out some things that uh, are enduring gifts, for instance, uh, basketballs or setting up a, a basketball hoop so they can enjoy a little NBA time down in uh, the coastal nations of West Africa. And finally, the band. The band brings us all together. I saw the Ghanaian band when I was in uh, Accra and in uh, Secundi. They're great. They love to do uh, Aretha Franklin, which is, you know, one of my favorite artists, and they do it extremely well. Our band did six performances in Senegal, ten performances in Cote d'Ivoire, five performances in Ghana. And when uh, the bands start to play, there's just kind of a warm feeling in the room of friendship and camaraderie. Like I said, music brings us together and it's something we all have in common. Overall, I think all five of the visits are really friendship and practice. And it's uh, countries coming together to help one another. And the one thing we only ask in return from our African partners is friendship. Admiral, you mentioned at the beginning that we had guests for the first time for our podcast. Sitting with us here now is LS1 Ahmed Tabsoba and Fleet Master Chief Derek Walters. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. 
Now, Ellis, one, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, first of all, uh, thank uh, Admiral for giving me this opportunity to uh, travel with him, and uh, thank uh, Fleet Machine and uh, my appreciation to you too. Uh, it was very, very, very great going with the Admiral. Uh, I was born in Kumasi in uh, Ashanti region, and I stayed uh, all my life in Kumasi for like 24 years before traveling to the state. And I finished uh, university 2010, uh, traveled to United States State in 2011, and I joined uh, right away because as soon as I came, I started reading about it, and uh, I couldn't help it. I loved it. So it was a great experience. And... I've been in the Navy for almost seven years, and uh, I love it. I really love joining it. Wow, that, that's an incredible story, and thank you so much for joining us. Um, how was it back being in Ghana? Um, what, what can you tell us about your trip? So my trip to Ghana was very exciting. You know, I made a lot of interviews with our local stations. Uh, I had four interviews with uh, four different stations, and actually two of them were, were all in our local language. And... Uh, the other two was uh, in English and uh, I didn't even know till the next morning my sister showed me a video uh, with myself talking I'm like oh <laughs> I didn't know this was coming so it was very exciting and I had a lot of phone calls like hey we saw you on TV we saw you this and uh, uh, basically they were asking questions about like how we do how uh, the Navy helped me out where I came from and where I am right now and it was very great and uh, sitting with the Admiral, with our Minister of Defense. And what he said is really, really great because if the person doesn't like you, he will not use the, those words. You know, he made mention, uh, gave the Admiral a name, Kweku, and he added Anansi to it. So Kweku Anansi, uh, Ghana, we consider that man to be the greatest man and the wisest man on earth. So that's all Ghanaians know. So if the Minister of Defense says, the Admiral Isko Kwanansi, I, I was really excited when he said that. So that gives us a good opportunity to actually uh, extend our partnership with Ghana. Hey, so Lieutenant Dixon, if I may, uh, Ellis One Ahmed Tapsov is one of the best sailors that I've worked with here. I just pinned first class on him here a couple months ago. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, joined the Navy in 2011. A uh, very short period of time for him to get to the point uh, of being a leader uh, and an LPO is an E6, and I fully expect that uh, he'll be a chief petty officer and I hope a master chief petty officer and even an LDO uh, one of these days. He's a great credit to his home nation, and uh, I was delighted to take him along with me uh, when we met uh, Defense Minister Nitowol, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a minute or so, but I want to give uh, Fleet Master Chief Walters a chance to also uh, talk about his trip down there and how fulfilling it was for him. Thank you, sir. It's great to join you, Admiral, Lieutenant Dixon, and to be here with the superstar of the visit, Ellis One Tapsova. Having just joined the Navy Europe Africa team, I can say that in my short time I've come to appreciate how demanding and dynamic our environment is, and yet the work and the missions are getting accomplished throughout the area of operation. Thanks in large part to your leadership, Admiral, and to the hard work of our sailors and Marines. Wow, that is, that is so true. You know, our sailors and Marines work very hard throughout the theater, and I'm sure they were glad to see you out in the field. What did you think of your trip, and was it the first time you'd been to Africa? Uh, it was my first time to Ghana, but not my first time to the continent. I've had the pleasure of spending operational time in Liber Liberia, Somalia, 
in Djibouti. With regards to the trip, I was blown away by the enthusiasm and professionalism of our sailors supporting the African Partnership Station deployment. Three particular interactions I want to highlight. First was the time spent with the small boat maintenance team that were assisting our partners in diagnosing an outboard motor problem on one of their Defender patrol vessels. After tearing the motor apart, they were able to identify the problem and make the repairs. But what struck me during our conversation with them was their eagerness to help and get the job done. Second, the time spent with members from the 133rd CB Battalion, otherwise known as the Running Ruse. These hardworking sailors were responsible for generating fresh water for the Carson City Walm port. With just a handful of CBs working continuously, they were able to generate 9,000 gallons of fresh water every day in order to sustain the ship's crew. They, too, were just so upbeat and excited to be part of the African Partnership Station deployment that you couldn't help but feel pride to be a U.S. sailor. Third, but just as important, was the time spent talking to the expeditionary security team sent from NECC to assist with the import security. Under pretty demanding weather conditions, these true professionals, without hesitation, donned their protective vests and associated gear day in and day out, and not once mentioned nor complained, but rather talked about the importance of what they were doing and mission accomplishment. I think they've done a phenomenal job, and I was quite proud of everyone that was part of the mission. Well, it's great to hear, and, and glad you enjoyed your time. Uh, sir, did you have anything before we close this segment out, anything you want to add, anything you want to discuss about your trip to Ghana? Yeah, it was just an absolutely terrific event. We crammed a lot into really uh, two and a half days. You know, I look forward to going back for Ovengami Express. It was uh, Fleet's first opportunity to come to Africa with me. So it was great to have you, Fleet. And I think uh, sailors love talking to somebody who's willing to take the time to talk to them. And he certainly is. And I saw him. He's magnetic on the waterfront. Uh, everybody wanted to come up and share their adventures with him. And as for uh, LS1 Tabsoba, also, uh, as Fleet said, the superstar of the visit. You know, uh, a young man who came from Ghana, uh, who joined the United States Navy for a number of reasons. One, an education. Uh, two, a career. And three, uh, to become an American citizen. I think he is uh, just an outstanding ambassador uh, for his country, and he represents what uh, is great about our Navy, and that is diversity. When I took him in to see the defense minister, uh, Defense Minister Nitawal, I had never met the gentleman before, and so... Uh, Petty Officer Tab Sobo was kind of the icebreaker for us. And when I introduced him to Minister Nita Wall and told him about Tab Soba's career and his success to date, he just lit up and he kind of relaxed. And then we had a conversation. Uh, it was not talking points, it was a conversation. And what he said was, uh, thank you very much for bringing uh, a successful Ghanaian citizen to see me and one who has uh, become an American but still has Ghana in his heart. And he goes, the reason that's important is because I like to hear stories like this about uh, the people of Ghana who go out in the world to become successful. And he brought up one other story, which is uh, a tragic story, and uh, one in which I think the, the listeners are probably familiar with. And uh, that was uh, Private Emmanuel Mensah, who emigrated from Ghana and lived in New York City. Uh, during his time in New York City, he enlisted in the New York Army National Guard. And last uh, December 2018, uh, you probably remember uh, reading the headlines, this young man died trying to uh, save people from a burning apartment building in the Bronx. Uh, he saved four people, and he didn't come out of the building on uh, his last try. He was 26 years old. 
He is a great credit to the country of Ghana, uh, to the New York Army National Guard, and to his dream, which uh, Petty Officer Tab Soba is uh, living vicariously through him and for him uh, as a, an American citizen in the United States Navy. So it's important that we articulate uh, our diversity and uh, that we show the nations of Africa and other nations in the world that we have uh, people uh, who come from uh, their countries who become Americans and who participate in their security, ultimately. One other officer that was down with us uh, during this tour was Lieutenant Linda Amagey. And you've covered Lieutenant Dixon, her story, on uh, Voice of America. Linda's from Togo. Uh, she's worked for me for two years. Uh, she was a former chief. She became an LDO. Uh, she speaks fluent French. And while she was there during this deployment, not only did she assist with parts support, logistics support, uh, food and uh, supplies for the ship, but she also went out in the community and let them know her story and how she came from Togo to the United States. Uh, it's a great story. I'd encourage you to get online and see it on our website. So I'm really proud of all these people. I'm proud of Carson City. I'm proud of uh, the work that uh, our team here has done in the Africa Partnership Station, and I look forward to many future Likewise exercises. Well, Admiral, uh, what an incredible story, and it sounds like a very successful trip and a fun time had by all as well. Fleet Ellis One, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It was super awesome to have you. Uh, for the Gulf of Guinea is certainly important, so hearing about your experiences in Ghana really brought this trip alive for me, having not gone, and I think for our audience as well. Thank you again for joining us today. And Admiral, as always, thank you for sharing your thoughts about the Ukraine, the Black Sea, and on the great progress being made in the Gulf of Guinea. As always, sir, thank you for your time. Hey, Bobby, thanks a lot, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of On the Horizon, navigating the European African theaters. Please share the podcast with your friends and family, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us next time to hear what the U.S. Navy is doing throughout Europe and Africa. Until next time, thank you.